Hey, one more thing before you go. Do you believe in angels? Do you believe in demons? How about fallen angels? This is a Throwback Thursday special edition replay of one of my favorite episodes from back in July 2020. And stay tuned. I've added a clip in there that will make you question what's in the room with you. In this particular clip, starting about the 15-minute mark, what you're going to hear was found in the raw audio. It could be heard clearly in that raw audio. It freaked my wife and I out upon hearing it. When I rendered the audio to be published, it cleaned it up with a filter that removes background noise. I decided to go back and grab this clip and share it with you without cleaning the background. So listen very carefully, turn your audio up. What you hear was at the same time Laura and I were having audio and video issues while talking about fallen angels and how to recognize them. You'll hear very heavy breathing over my shoulder next to the microphone. There was nobody in the room with me. In this episode, we're going to talk to Laura Michelle Powers. She's a celebrity psychic medium, and we're going to learn all about angels and demons from this amazing woman with firsthand experience. Laura Powers is a celebrity psychic who has been featured on BuzzFeed, NBC, ABC, CBS, Fox, Motherboard Magazine by Vice, and many other media outlets. She's a clairvoyant, a psychic medium, a writer, an actress, a model, producer, writer, singer, and speaker who helps others receive guidance and communicate with loved ones. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. So among other things, you communicate with angels. Yes, yes, I do. I've been doing that for several years now, and I've always been very psychic. But when I started to purposely open up to my gifts and get training, is when I started to connect with angels on purpose and started to learn and understand about them. And once I did, it was it was a total game changer for me. And I became very passionate about working with them and then also teaching others and helping them learn how to work with angels. Because I think, especially right now, it's such a challenging time. It's a wonderful resource to be able to work with angels. Yeah, it's, you know, as most of us know, angels and demons do exist in our lives whether somebody believes in them or whether or not they don't based upon religious beliefs or spiritual beliefs or from what they've been told by family or friends. I personally have had experience with angels, so I wholeheartedly know that they're with us all the time. Yes, yes. I think, you know, a lot of people have this idea of them maybe being real or they think of them as a fictitious thing. But from my perspective, angels are not of a particular religion or cultural belief. They just are, but they have been described in many religions and in many cultures all over the world because I feel like they are a universal force. So in reality, I mean, I grew up Catholic. I'm, I'm I what they call a Reformed Catholic, and I can say that out loud. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'm a spiritual individual at the moment, but I wholeheartedly believe in angels. So I guess, you know, the, the, the question that when I put this out in the first place, you know, you had said that a second ago, but are they real? Yes. I mean, from my perspective, they're very real. And the thing that's fascinating about angels is they are very powerful spiritual beings, but they do have the ability to create matter instantly and at will. And so there are so many stories of, you know, these kind of incredible, incredible angelic visitation experiences where suddenly someone shows up and, you know, then when the person tries to look up that person later, there's no record of that person, even though they may have had like, you know, a business card and a, a car with the name of a company and like, you know, all these 
specific things. And, and I believe that when an angel basically manifests in real life to assist people that are in need. So there's many stories of this happening. And then of course they're hap- they're working and are pr- practicing on the spiritual plane for people all the time. Have they always existed in, in the whole, in the whole of time? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I believe they have existed since time, but I think there are things that are pre time because time is a part of, you know, this experience that we're having through incarnation. So yes, I believe that they've been here longer than humans, for example, or longer than the earth. Well, I know that from uh, reading one of your books, I happened to learn that uh, you actually had experiences with angels prior to you coming to this life. Can you tell me? Yeah. Well, I certainly have uh, experiences with, you know, uh, spiritual beings. So uh, my first memory is actually of the other side. And I believe it's basically right before I was about to be born. And I was in a circle of white beings of light. And I remember very clearly that I didn't want to come here. <laughs> I'll just be honest. It was like, oh, gosh, I think I knew that it was going to be a tough life. And there was there's definitely some challenges that I've had to face that were, were quite difficult. And the message was, it's time to go. You need to go. Basically, let's do this. And I was like, okay. And I was born into an abusive situation. It was, you know, tough place to start. And then I certainly had challenges later on. And even being born with my abilities being so strong as they were was quite challenging in terms of society. And the interesting thing about that is that apparently when I came here, was born, my mom said I wouldn't nurse. Like she had to force me to nurse. Um, and there was some concern at the beginning of whether I was going to make it because I just wouldn't eat. And I think it was really because I was like, oh, this is so hard. <laughs> so anyway, it's quite funny that that's my first memory. And then as I got screening as a psychic, I've really learned to access memories that I believe are uh, from the other side, from before this life as well. Uh, some in incarnations as well as some is on the other side. And uh, my understanding based on everything that I've learned so far is that I am actually an incarnated angel. And this is not very common, but it does happen where angels can incarnate in human form to continue to work on a mission and support in a different way. That's a very interesting concept, actually, because I've been told that um, one of my guardian angels actually is my father, who passed mm-hmm. away when I was younger. And, and he had passed away at a very young age, actually. And somebody had told me, well, one of your guardian angels, I think it's your dad. And which made me feel really good. So, you know, that kind of kind of brings me to that question. Can somebody, are, are angels born in heaven, if you could say born, or are they, can they become angels later? Yeah, I think there's a lot of confusion about this topic. And it gets a little gray because of just what I mentioned, that angels can incarnate in human form. So there's a couple aspects to this question. There's the sort of soul heritage of a person, and then there's, their biology and where they're incarnated. So my soul heritage, as I've been told by many other psychics and and what I learned through my work is that I have the soul of an angel. I'm certainly human in terms of how I'm incarnated in this life, but I have an angel soul. And yes, those are born on either side, just like human souls and many other types of souls are born. And many people use the term guardian angel, I think a little loosely. What they really mean is spirit guide. I feel like when they say that, they mean your father is watching over you from heaven. I think that's what they mean when they say guardian angel in that contact with a level. Very occasionally, let's say someone was an incarnated angel and then they, you know, cross over the other side and then they maybe still working in that angel form. But that's my impression of your father is that he's serving as a, a spirit guide for you. But generally speaking, an angel is an angel 
and a human is a human, but there are these gray areas, like I said, when, for example, angels can incarnate in human form. But a human soul does not, from my understanding, you know, I'm, I'm certainly not a know-it-all, but from my understanding, does not, you know, transition and become an angel. Well, it, it, that brings me to another question, actually, if you don't mind, um, because it got, to be, got me thinking. I, I actually grew up in a town that had a lot of Indians, a lot of Native Americans. And Native sure. Americans believe in, in spirit guides. Can, yeah. Like, is there a difference between a spirit guide and an angel? Um, yes and no. So a spirit guide is a broad term that means a being who is a spiritual being who is there to provide guidance, assistance, and support to those of us who are incarnated. And there's many different kinds of spirit guides. There can be animal spirit guides. So a lot of Native Americans would talk a lot about animal spirit guides, for example, our loved ones who crossed over, like your father, like who's you talking about. And then other advanced beings, you know, Jesus, um, uh, Buddha, you know, the beings like that, even some figures that we might consider mythical beings, but I think are real, you know, gods and goddesses, etc., and angels. So I think an angel is a type of spirit guide in the sense that they do guide us and support us, but they are a, a different type of being than some of these other types. Do they kind of, do they work for God or do they work for us? Well, I, in my understanding that everything works for God, <laughs> meaning it's all a system. Um, but yes, in their role, they are here to help us. Um, and the exception would be, you know, fallen angels. I'm not sure if you've dealt with that, but, you know, these are angels who basically turn dark and they're uh, often actually very jealous of humans. That's something I, I learned when I was having a period of time when I was working with a lot of, uh, sort of say, fighting against <laughs> fallen angel energy learning about it the hard way. And I learned that there's a lot of jealousy and that there are a group of angels that then fell, turned dark, you know, whatever you want to call it, that actually sort of fight against humanity and are seeking to tear it down through jealousy. Um, but most angels are very light and are here to support and help us. Is a fallen angel something similar to a demon? Would people, people have a concept of demon? Or is that something completely different? Well, I mean, I think they're different from my experience that uh, they're just different types of beings. So you could say there's similarities between um, a wolf and a bear. You know, they can both attack you. They're wild animals, you know, but they are different types of beings. And I feel that's the same with demons are really dark. The thing that's in incredible about a fallen angel, they're so powerful. I feel like demons as a whole are actually fairly weak on the, on the bigger scale, you know, they don't tend to be as powerful, but a fallen angel is another matter. <laughs> a fallen angel is very powerful. And the thing that can be tricky about a fallen angel is they still have some of those channels that are open to angels for them. And so maybe there's still a part of them that's light enough to use those channels or whatever. And it can be a bit confusing if you're dealing with a fallen angel situation. Thankfully, it's pretty rare. and I found that for the average person, they don't tend to struggle a lot with this. Um, as an incarnated angel, I've had um, more than my fair share of struggles with fallen angels because not only am I here incarnated in this human form, but I am an angel. And if they're fallen, they tend to basically fight against everything that the angels in the light are trying to do. That's actually very interesting. Um, how can you tell the difference? Between a fallen angel and an uh, angel in the light? 
Yeah, I mean, in, in my position and in, in my beliefs and my wife's beliefs and both my kids, actually, we all we all communicate with our rangers. We talk to them on a regular basis. We sure. talk to them every day. Um, mine has been with me. I know that my angels have been with me since I was born. I was born premature, number mm-hmm. one, and I've had a very difficult life um, growing up, uh, both through uh, alcoholic parents and um, losing parents and, um, you know, just a, a wide variety of things. So I speak to my angels on a regular basis. In my old profession, um, I know that I was uh, protected several times with those angels, but I always listen to my intuition and people. I learned that my intuition sometimes is an angel whispering in my ear. So in regard to that, how can you tell the difference between maybe um, an angel trying to tell you a message and a a fallen angel trying to tell you a message, put you in the wrong direction? Yeah, there's a couple of very specific things that I learned, kind of almost like symptoms or, or ways you can know that there's a fallen angel around. One of them is if you're getting messages and signs, and that could be either through like what you're talking about, your thoughts and feelings, or external messages from the universe, you know, songs, I, you know, ideas, overt conversations, whatever, whatever, you know, all the different ways those come in. If you're getting mixed messages, so for example, you get one message that's like, do this, and then another message is like, don't do this, like, and it's like fighting each other. That's one thing because the light channel is using one message, and then the fallen angel or the dark messenger is using that same channel, but for a different message. So that's one. Another one that is very distinct, and it took me a long time to figure it out, is burning and watery eyes. Um, So, and the reason I've come to feel that this is the case is that fallen angels are highly toxic. So imagine if you were around a toxin, like chemical or something, burns your eyes, they burn in water. And this is something that I struggled with. And I would be like, what is going on? There's nothing in my environment that's eliminated, you know, all the fragrances and the, you know, cleaned up my products. And I was like, we still get this sometimes. And then I was able to figure out that that was uh, going on. There's also certain insects that show up often when they're around. So flies are one of them. Flies, um, centipedes, also um, earwigs, scorpions. Those are a couple. And then there's also something that also comes around with, sorry, go ahead. I was say, how about spiders? Spiders, but it's interesting because not always, because sometimes the spider can be a spirit guide. And there's, there, to me, there's a different feeling because spider is one of my spirit guides. But then if there's a spider that's coming from either a djinn, because djinn can do this too. I'm not sure if you know much about djinn um, or fallen angels. They have a very different kind of energy signature and it doesn't feel doesn't feel friendly, I guess I would just say, because <laughs> um, I I have worked a lot with spiders. Um, spiders, one of my main guides. And then one of the other symptoms, um, and this can also show up with gin, is it's kind of strange, but um, you know, with angels, a lot of times something resonant you'll get, like goosebumps. I don't know if you ever had that happen, where you just get goosebumps everywhere. But um, with fallen angels, they'll be like uneven. Like you'll get some goosebumps, but some are flat. I don't know if you've ever had that. Experience. Yeah, I've kind of had it maybe on one arm and not the other arm. Yeah, or it will look like little, like almost like circles of goosebumps, but not over your whole. You'll notice that the conversation abruptly stopped. That's because during this discussion with regard to negative energies and fallen angels and demons and so forth, the equipment started malfunctioning drastically. So we ended up having to take a pause and it had cut her thought off. This is that special bonus clip that I told you about in the beginning. 
listen very, very carefully. Turn your audio up, and you're either going to be amazed or you're going to be looking over your shoulder. You froze. Yeah, or it'll look like little, like almost like circles of goosebumps, but not over your whole. You'll notice that the conversation abruptly stopped. That's because during this discussion with regard to negative energies and fallen angels and demons and so forth, the equipment started malfunctioning drastically. So we ended up having to take a pause and it had cut her thought off. So we'll pick up again now. (laughs) Something doesn't want this information out there. (laughs) I'm asking the angels to uh, protect the line. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, so I think one of the, the, the big things is, you know, this whole kind of conflicting information or guidance that you're receiving. That's, that's one of the main ones to watch out for. And then the watering eyes, that's really significant. Yeah, but from there, well, you know, I, I know that, in, especially from reading your book and some of my own knowledge, that there's kind of a hierarchy with angels so that we can give people a better understanding of what type of angels they are. Because I've heard, obviously, of uh, Archangel Michael, and I know that Archangel Gabriel and, and several others. And um, I know that there's, there's a hierarchy. Can you help us understand what that hierarchy is and how they fit into to the to the universe and us? Sure. I mean, there's angels that work on many different kinds of things. There's lots of different orders of angels. And I guess a way to look at it would be what are those angels working on or how are they serving? And there's many angels actually that don't even deal with human affairs. You know, they're working on a planetary, you know, kind of universal scale. I did a reading once where I saw that I saw an angel that was holding the earth like in her hands, you know, like she was wow. so massive. And, you know, it's important to remember that, that it's not that we're insignificant. We are very important. And, you know, size doesn't necessarily determine importance, but that there's so much more going on there besides us and even the earth and even this galaxy. And so there's angels on all levels working, um, you know, with all these different types of, of beings. And even our own bodies could be thought of to be like a, a universe or a galaxy of ourselves. When you look at how many cells we have, and then, you know, even each cell is broken down into atoms, and then there's like different parts of the atoms. And, you know, so it's, you can really kind of go nuts looking at this on that kind of micro macro scale. But the point is, there are angels that work with humans and those that don't. And there's guardian angels that are, those are just, you know, assigned to each of us out or before birth. And then there's higher level angels that are working on much bigger kind of projects. And an archangel would be one of those types of angels. And so when you, the thing is that when you work with an archangel, you're working with not just that angel, but all the angels that are sort of supporting underneath that angel, that archangel as well. Well, sort of like a commander or a captain and then the sergeants yeah. and then the soldiers or the, the... Exactly. That kind of makes sense. All, all important. Yes. <laughs> spoken about guardian angels earlier, and you said they were assigned to us at or around birth. So does everybody have a guardian angel? What if, what if somebody's an atheist or something like that? Do, do they still get one? So my understanding is that generally everyone does have one, and sometimes more than one. There are people that have two or even three. <laughs> I've heard of that happening. The one exception would be if someone has basically decided, like, nope, I'm going to kind of do this on my own. And I don't want an angel, but it's very, very rare. And and even if you're an atheist, you most likely still have an angel or two. Well, I know that's kind of a bizarre question, but, you know, it's something somebody, uh, again, I put a little questionnaire out. And one of the questions was, if I'm an atheist or if my uncle's an atheist, then do they have one? So 
most likely yes. And one thing I think we have to keep in mind that so many so many of our belief systems are actually created through society and don't really have to do with our personal soul. I mean, I know that's kind of a hard thing to believe, but you look at same thing with politics. Like, you know, you tend to at least start out with thinking whatever you're were raised with in your community or your parents or whatever. So regardless of your conscious beliefs in this life, you you have something deeper going on, usually on a spiritual level that may or may not align with your own thoughts or beliefs in this lifetime. Well, and, and I kind of agree with that. I, I, as I said earlier, I kind of evolved from uh, Catholic. I was mm-hmm. raised Catholic as I grew up. My mother also took me to Nazarene. Um, wow. Let me see, Methodist, Nazarene, Baptist, uh, you name it. The only one we that we didn't go to were was a Mormon church because of obviously they have stipulations and things like that. But she was trying to find something. So she went to just about every other church except for the Catholic church. So she had been excommunicated for getting divorced. So she didn't. Oh, goodness. Yeah. She just kind of didn't like that part of it. So that no, church, I wouldn't either. <laughs> no. So it's like, well, church is supposed to be there for you, and you know, it kind of wasn't. So she searched and she looked, and you know, as children, we went with her to all these different. So I got to experience a variety of different religions, and then as I got older, I kind of moved away from that and went more into a spiritual side of it. I still believe in angels, believe in God, believe that Jesus was here and passed on what he needed to pass on. He was a, there was a purpose for it, but I also believe in more of a spiritual atmosphere from my own perspective. I'm not asking anybody to believe something different than that. I, I believe that angels are here to help you and to work with you and protect you. And um, I say again, in my life, they have. So whether it be my job, I, I was a police sergeant for almost 17 years and I've had several instances where wow. um, I know that I had uh, help. So I have faith in that and I carry the St. Michael you know, little thing in my wallet and all that good stuff. So I, I just thought say, it we, makes sense that you, you, uh, you know, we're in the police. But Michaels are often very much working on guarding, protecting one way or the other. My middle name is Michelle, which is the female version of Michael as well. Of uh, Michael. That's, well, I didn't know yeah. that actually. I mean, I obviously I knew about St. Michael and Archangel Michael, but I didn't know that. That's interesting. I'll have to, I'll have to look back through all my colleagues and find out how many other Michaels there were. <laughs> just, just a side note. Um, do you, I know that you speak to angels on a consistent basis. I know that you're a psychic medium. So I know that those are kind of a different, uh, what's the difference between being a psychic medium and being an angel? Or do they kind of intermix? Well, I mean, an angel is a type of being. If you're an incarnated angel, a lot of incarnated angels are very psychic. So a psychic medium is someone who communicates with spirits and beings on the other side. So I'm an angel channeler and a psychic medium. So that means I channel angels, but I also communicate with, you know, people who have crossed over. I'm also an animal medium. I communicate with people's past, pets who have passed on. Uh, so yeah, they're, they're, it's different, but it is interesting. There are quite a few incarnated angels right now. And if you're an incarnated angel, you are absolutely psychic. Like, you know, you just can't ignore it. It's a part of your sort of soul heritage to be psychic. And so there's a lot of people that are working as psychics that are also incarnated angels, whether or not they realize it. That's interesting because I've had, I've had three or four conversations with psychic mediums and uh, the majority of them actually haven't mentioned talking to angels, but they just mostly have dealt with talking with the other side. 
and giving messages and, and, you know, portraying messages, which I guess from that perspective, have you ever gotten a message from an angel to give to somebody that because somebody wasn't listening or somebody needed to hear that? Well, I mean, I do this work all the time. Um, I have pretty strong energy boundaries with my work because otherwise I would get depleted. Doing psychic work takes a lot of energy. Like there are times after a session, I'm like literally sweating from like <laughs> the, the exertion. If I'm sitting in place, obviously, I'm not like running a marathon or anything, but energetically, I kind of am. So it's really important to have strong energy boundaries. Otherwise, I would get burnt out. So I only do readings for people through my work. And so... When that happens, because I have such strong energy boundaries, by the time someone gets to me and they've invested that, you know, pay me for that, usually they're ready for the message, but there may be a part of the message that they are not listening to. Maybe they have blocks. For example, this happens a lot where a person is getting the message to be a teacher, be visible, write a book, etc. And maybe they have some persecution fears from past lives or something. And so they're scared of doing that. They're scared of telling people about whatever their abilities. They're scared of being seen. They're scared of being public, using their voice in a public context. And so that might be an example where I'm, I'm basically to say, like, look, this is really important for you. You can't kind of shrink back from this. This is something that you need to step forward and do. And when we have this, you know, the truth is, it's always stronger to face whatever we're afraid of. Like if we resist it and we don't face it, it actually gives that which we are afraid of power over us. And when we face it and move forward through it, it might be hard at first, but we will always feel better in the end. That's very good. That's very good philosophy. So we talk about other lives and you've talked about, you know, coming back, coming back into another life. So, so you believe in reincarnation mm-hmm. and do you believe reincarnation for a purpose? Like each time we come back, we have to learn something new in order to get to a higher level. Yes. It's all about learning and experience. So sometimes the learning happens through simply experiencing something. And sometimes it has to do with something that we're to actually do in terms of an action step we need to take. Um, so we're all learning things and then we have all things that we've learned. So our lives tend to be a combination of learning something new and then teaching others what we have learned. So in a way, we're all teachers and students at the same time. And whatever it is that we're learning is the hard stuff. You know, the things that we've learned are the things that come easily to us and what we're trying to help others learn. So wherever you are in your spiritual journey, if you're incarnated, you're still learning something or you wouldn't still be here. How do we connect and work with our angels? If we're, if we're to learn, how can we learn to listen to our angels and our guidance? Sure. Well, one of the first things is just starting to pay attention so that our angels and spirit guides communicate with us through the world around us, through our thoughts and feelings, through references to things, you know, things that come up again and again, whether it's a song lyric or a book mention or, you know, a place. It's important to pay attention to these things and then just know that it's a conversation. So most people don't realize that they don't know how to have that dialogue. So if you're getting a message, for example, and you aren't clear what that message is, you can always ask for clarification. And I'll give you an example. So many years ago, this was when I was pretty early on as a psychic, I felt like I was getting the message to raise my prices. But I wanted to make sure I wasn't any ego about it and that, you know, that it was a a genuine guided message. And so I asked the angels and guides to give me a message that I couldn't misunderstand. So I'm driving home. I 
in Denver at this point, driving home to my home in Lafayette, Colorado, about 40 minute drive. And I get home and in my mailbox is a magazine, which by the way, I'd never subscribed to, but it's, it's written to me. And the cover article is 10 reasons why you should raise your prices. <laughs> I'm not kidding. It was like so, so clear. And then in the article, there were 10 literal reasons why you should. And I was like, thank you. That is very clear. <laughs> you know, so hit you, hit you with a book. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, just know that this is, this is a conversation. And what happens most times is people get a message and then their mind is like, mm, I don't know if that's right. And they basically kind of dismiss it. And, but if you want clarification, you can just keep asking for it. And that's just one example. I've received many others that are, are also like so specific, spot on. So that's one thing. And then the other thing that I think is really important is just to have time and silence in our lives. You know, we can't listen and talk at the same time, literally. Like it's impossible. You know, once our mouth goes, our ears kind of like we just can't do both very well at the same time. And what happens for most people is it's like we're busy, you know, there's always some kind of stimulus, there's, you know, TV, music, work, kids, you know, whatever, always something. And so we can't really hear spiritually very well. So this is why I think meditation, mindfulness, just having some quiet time when our minds aren't busy with something are so important, because that's when you can start to get those intuitive feelings and hits and the solutions to your issues are often coming in through that, through an idea, through a guided idea or thought. So basically, we can talk to our angels. Mm -hmm. and we can do it pretty much directly. Yes. We don't necessarily need a conduit, although at times conduits are, are, helpful. <laughs> are needed yeah. and helpful. So, so like, what, like why you're here. Yeah. Um, but meditation, uh, I practice meditation on a daily basis. So does my wife. Mm -hmm. So does my daughters, actually. Um, in regard to uh, that, I've actually never tried to communicate with my angels through meditation. I've gone a different direction, I guess. I should probably open my mind a little more and see what else they've got to say. Well, I want to share an idea that may be strange for some people, but a lot of times the angels communicate through our thoughts. So yes, ask your angels and see if you can get a message that feels like it's from them. But it's very likely that when you're meditating, you're getting messages from there and you just don't know if that's what they are. So from my perspective as a psychic, our thoughts are a combination of a lot of different things. So, you know, when we were talking, you can tell where something is coming from. I can tell when I'm talking and you can tell when you're talking, Michael. And if my friend over there says hello, I'd be like, oh, that's Dawn, you know, whatever. Like you can tell. But with thoughts, we tend to take ownership of everything when it's actually more like a conversation. So some of it's generated by us, some of it's from an angel, maybe it's our parents or a partner or children, or maybe it's a dog, or maybe there's a spirit over there talking with us. And our thoughts are us receiving all of that. And if you're telepathic, which I'm highly telepathic, it's like a cacophony, unless I learn to kind of limit it. It was very confusing growing up for that reason. But even if you're not like hyper telepathic, like I am, you still have an element of this. So when you're meditating and you get thoughts, ideas, and feelings, it's very likely that some of those are coming from angels. Well, that's a good thing to do. <laughs> that's, a, that's a nice thing to know. So you kind of just answered the next, um, the next thought was, is there a secret method to reach out and ask for help? Yeah. I mean, I ask for help daily. I, yeah. it's, it's just, I mean, it just become a habit for me. 
like my angels are probably getting tired of going, golly, again? Well, I think it's a, it's a really good thing to ask often, you know, frequently that, you know, keep in mind that the angels aren't limited by our physical reality and our limitations. So, you know, there isn't a limit to how much they can help. They can help us all the time. They can help multiple people at the same time because they're not, you know, tied to this material reality. And I would just say the important thing is to ask infrequently and then also to be clear in your request. I think that's one of the biggest issues that a lot of people aren't clear with what they're asking for. And I think of it very much as like an order that you're placing. You know, if you go to a restaurant, you would never just go and be like, hey, can you just give me some food? <laughs> right? I mean, who knows what you get? I, one time I got a plate of green beans when I was a vegetarian. I was like, can you just give me something vegetarian? It was like a plate of green beans. It was not what I wanted to eat. <laughs> so it's important to be clear in your request. Because if you don't, if you aren't clear, then sometimes they're like, we want to help you, but we just don't even know, you know, we don't know what to do with this. <laughs> so being clear and specific is key to having results that you want in life as well as with angels. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's interesting. I've been in, I'm a vegan myself and I run into the same thing. Do you have anything vegan on the menu? And they hand me a salad, yeah. like a little plain plate of lettuce. Yeah, you're like, like iceberg lettuce. On this, mm, yum. <laughs> lettuce. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I think it's important to be clear. And also, the, you're more likely to be clear if you use your words and you put it either in writing or you say it out loud, because our thoughts can be more muddled, kind of inherent. So I encourage everyone, if you're asking for something to be really clear in your intent, um, use specific words, even if it's in your thoughts. And then ask the angels for help with bringing that in. And, and one of the things I also like to do, and I recommend for everyone, is to say say whatever it is, and then also add or better or more, because you can also limit yourself. If you're like, hey, I want money, and you say an amount, and you don't want to say limit to only that, like, wouldn't more be okay? I, when I started like consciously manifesting, I had this experience. I, I started to really like note things down and like track it and pay attention. And I remember very specifically that. I, I was like, by the end of this year, angels, I'd love to take, you know, this many trips. And, and at the end of the year, I counted and I'd had exactly that number of trips. I think it was 15. And I was like, Oh, but I could, that could be more like, it's okay. <laughs> you know, that just kind of got me thinking about it. But it was like, there you go. Prayer answered 15 trips. Exactly. And I, I wasn't like I was tracking all, you know, as I went, I was like, you know, I tracked it. And I was like, Oh, yeah, it could be more. <laughs> Well, you've just opened my eyes because every time we need something, like we had to have the air conditioner fixed, we were going, ah, we need the money to fix this air conditioner. And we actually got, it was $740 to fix it and we got 700 extra dollars. Yeah. So it was pretty close to being, right. but I didn't ask for more. So next time I'm going to say, I want to add that in a little more to maybe get a new air conditioner. Yeah. Or just say that or more or better. And then once you've gotten that, I, I just think it's important to shift to the next thing. What are, what is your next dream? And also asking your angels to help you with healing, clearing, releasing any limiting beliefs or patterns. So a lot of us, for example, have beliefs that it's not okay to receive or it's only okay to receive a certain amount. Like it's greedy if I make more than a hundred thousand dollars a year, whatever, you know, that's going to vary person to person. And if you're in a poor country, it's going to be, you know, way less. But the point is it's a sort of an arbitrary amount that somehow we've you have kind of a cap on what is okay or what we're allowed to have. And those are, those are a human construct. 
And we can ask the angels to work with us to help heal, clear, and release us to allow more abundance. Because when we have more abundance, for example, then we're able to share more. You know, we can hire other people. We can pay other people. We can, you know, it's it's this beautiful thing. And I did a channeled message from Tesla. Are you familiar with Tesla? I am. You know, he was a a brilliant man. Uh, But I love this message that I got from him in this channeled message, which is most people are operating and they're trying to just get their piece of the pie. They're like, what's my little piece? This is what I can get. And Tesla said, instead of understanding that there are an infinite number of pies. <laughs> so you can have as many pies as you want. You don't need to just operate on this little piece. What do you want? Like there's an infinite universe. You don't have to just be focusing on this tiny little piece. And then what happens is this is where we get into people kind of fighting over resources because they think this is all that we have. And then they feel like they have to fight each other to get it instead of like, wait, there's all this, there's a whole bunch of other pies over there. <laughs> that's, a, that's a very nice way of putting it. And that's amazing. You got to talk to oh, Tesla. Yeah. That's, yeah. One of my books is, I mean, is channel messages from a bunch of celebrities, but he was one of my favorite. He's so brilliant. Oh, that, yeah, that's amazing. And they, I mean, what, what the world exists on in a large part is because of Tesla. Absolutely. So not just the car, not, nothing to do with the Tesla no, no, car, no. but yeah. you know, the man, this man is a brilliant man. I just watched a great program on TV, a series called DC Legends of Tomorrow. It's on CW and you can catch it on Netflix. No. Legends of Tomorrow. Okay. But basically they, they travel through time mm-hmm. and they have to correct things and somebody uh, had kidnapped Tesla okay. <laughs> and, and they, they portrayed the fallout by him disappearing, you know, throughout the rest of the years, they portrayed what the fallout was and they had to fight. We're getting about a completely different subject. They had to fight their way to get, get him back to that particular time oh, and that it. exact time so that he didn't lose anything that was a benefit to the world. Yeah, he was uh, very ahead of his time, very wise soul, very advanced, uh, very magical. And I think because he was born into a time that was still very much in that old system, the very old structure, the idea of limitation, you know, it's a zero sum game. Like there's only say a hundred things and we have to divvy it up between us. You know, he was so born into that system that it was really fighting against him. Um, and so I think he struggled, but I, we're just now starting to see some of the ideas being implemented that he had. And it's, it's pretty magical. I, for example, feel like at some point there will be free el- electricity, free energy. For everyone and we're getting closer to that being a possibility although a lot of the old system is still fighting that yeah unfortunately they are i live in arizona so our electric here is like in in an outstanding amazingly high amount oh yeah i'm originally from, yeah i'm originally from colorado okay that's right. we colorado. <laughs> colorado yeah we lived up in woodland woodland park Ooh. Um, which was, you know, 17 miles west of Colorado Springs up in the mountains. Yeah. And, um, we didn't have air conditioning. See, I mean, it was 70, 75 degrees during the daytime and we didn't have it. We didn't need it. Down here, a necessity. Oh, yeah, you're going to, you could die. <laughs> and, and, and you pay for it. I mean, it, and it's, it's crazy. The irony here, there you are, like one of the sunniest places in the world with like all this free energy raining down from the sun too, you know. Well, eventually, this doesn't have to be part of our show, but eventually we're going to go to a solar. We're going to work away at getting things solar up here. In fact, um, uh, 
Tesla, the corporation, has got uh, a program to put solar on the roof. Yeah. And your the whole roof becomes solar. It's not just the panels. Yeah. It's the whole roof. So we're talking to them about that. So if you want to one-stop everything for one more thing before you go, visit beforeyougopodcast.com where you can find each and every episode of One More Thing Before You Go, links to your favorite listening platforms, subscribe and review option, and as a special bonus, by visiting beforeyougopodcast.com, you can purchase any book from our shows, access expanded show notes and guest bios. And if you're a podcaster or just getting started, beforeyougopodcast.com can make your life easier with highly recommended podcast equipment and resources for editing and publishing, as it's the perfect resource for everything you need to listen, learn, and grow your own podcast. Anyway, back on track. <laughs> um is it important to be grateful to your angels? Oh my gosh, yes. I think just like anyone appreciates being thanked and you know, people feeling gratitude for you. Yes. So I want to share something that I, I do every night. I do a manifesting exercise and it's not always gratitude, but it, it alternates from, you know, envisioning things that I want to and writing those things down, thinking about things that are kind of buzzkills in my life and what can I do to shift them. And then one of the exercises is a gratitude exercise. Like, what am I grateful for? And when you come from that place of gratitude, you're in love and appreciation. And it's great because whoever's the recipient of that gratitude, whether it's the universe, your angels, you know, a person feels that, but also you receive what you put out. So then you, you end up attracting more things to be grateful for when you're in gratitude. And this can be tough when you're in a, you know, challenging place, but there's always something to be grateful for. So if you, you know, are in a stressful time and work, you know, maybe you're healthy or maybe you have family or, you know, and by the way, if you're listening to this, you're probably top 1% of the world, you know, just in practicality um, in terms of like income and resources and, you know, what we have available to us in terms of opportunities. So there's always something to be grateful for. Sometimes that can be hard to remember, but the more we tap into that, the more we attract goodness to us. I think that this, uh, unfortunately, this pandemic has pointed out to a lot of people to be grateful for what you have and be grateful for where you're at in this life because so many people have had so much and took so many things for granted. And now, now they're in a position where they're having to rely on their friends and neighbors and I think it's, again, unfortunate because of the, the pandemic, but it has opened up a new community. Mm. You know, in the community we live in, for example, um, we've got um, a, a thing called Nextdoor. Yeah, yeah, it's a really cool thing. And people were going on there saying, look, if you don't have any of this, we'll get it for you. If you're, if you're older and you can't get out and get to the store, if you can't get this or that, or you need medication, you need to go someplace, you know, let's start a chain where people can get you there and take you there or get what you need. Yeah. You know, if, if you're running without being, yeah, but you know, there was that toilet paper shortage all across yeah, the yeah, United States. <laughs> yeah. People hoarding of all things, they're hoarding that. It was crazy. Um, you know, they were saying, Hey, if, if you need something as simple as that, just ask. And it opened up community and everybody was, you, I saw more, I saw more grateful. I saw more humility. I saw more compassion, more empathy, which really made me feel good, actually. So the pandemic doesn't make me feel good. 
but the community it created makes me feel good. Absolutely. And I think one of the important things to remember is that there's always a silver lining for everything. So whatever challenge you go through, there's always some good that could come out of it. Uh, and it's important to remember that. And it may not be apparent right away. So during the recession, I went through an incredibly challenging time. You know, it was a really tough time in the economy. I couldn't find work. I was going through a divorce, an intense divorce with my husband at the time. I was physically ill. You know, and all these things were very difficult, but basically they got me on the path where I am now. And if those things hadn't happened, honestly, my life would not be nearly as good as it has gotten to be. So I think a lot of what's happening right now is like it's a realignment, getting us to focus on the things that are important. And again, whatever challenging, horrible thing, you know, I'm putting that kind of in quotes, horrible thing you might be experiencing, there is something good that can be amazing that can come out of it. One of my favorite stories of that is, um, have you heard of the show Orange is the New Black? Yes. I haven't watched it, but I have heard of it. It's a great show. But, you know, this is an example of this woman who literally went to prison. And I'm sure that seemed horrible at the time. I, you know, not saying I want to go through that, but... You know, then look what happened. She wrote this book, it became a show. Like, you know, what an amazing experience, you know. So there's always things that will come out of it. And if we can just see it for the longer term and also ask, what are we be guided to learn, teach or share about this? Then we can move forward in a better manner. I agree with that. We've got personal guidance. We've got, you know, personal angels, guardian angels, whatever we like to call them. How do we know and understand who our personal guardian angel is? Is there a way to communicate with our personal or find out who our guardian angel is? Sure. So you can always you know, meditate, ask to connect. And if you're intuitive and if you're able to clear out the messages, you can often connect with that for yourself. I actually have a guardian angel meditation to help people do just that. Um, and then I think it's important to honor our inner knowingness. And then you can always hire someone like me and there's other people that do similar work, try to help get, you know, clear information. Um, also, if there's certain angel names that pop up for you, um, so that might be a guardian angel or it could be an archangel, for example. So, you know, maybe Michael comes up for you or Gabriel or, you know, there's lots of other you know angel names that, that can pop up and, or, you know, it might be the shortened name, Gabby, Mike, you know, <laughs> um, but, you know, pay attention to that because that's, that's usually a message from that particular angel trying to say hello. Well, that's, that's important to know. I don't know. I mean, I keep having the name Bob show up, so it could be Bob. I have come across a couple of guardian angels named Bob, which is funny. Like, I remember being like, Bob, like, you don't think of that, but like, it does. It happens. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, that happened a couple of times. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've talked with you know hundreds of hundreds of readings at this point, probably even thousands. I've stopped talking. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what about Bob? This, yeah, I've got one other thing. If you don't mind, I can touch upon. You say you communicate with animals, so that yeah. that's amazing. Actually, that you can communicate with animals from the other side. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah, I communicate with animals here incarnated as well as on the other side. So this is something that started um, actually through my request from clients. So, you know, people are so close to their pets and they become a part of their family. And it started with people who had had, you know, cats or dogs that passed on. They wanted to see that they were okay and talk with them and, you know, have something continue besides, um, you know, 
what happened after they passed. So I just thought, well, I can communicate with humans. Let me give it a shot. <laughs> you know, why not? I'll, I'll try. And it worked. You know, it worked. And so I just kept doing it. And then people started to ask me questions about their pets who are alive and kind of the same thing. And so sometimes I'm communicating with the animal directly. And sometimes I'm receiving information from that animal's angels and spirit guides. Because if they're incarnated, they have angels and spirit guides just like we do. And so one way or the other, I'm able to receive communication and guidance for that situation. So it's something that I love to do. It's so powerful. And, you know, our, in some ways, our, our pets know us better than anyone, right? And so when I get information from them, it's always so insightful. And um, it's very rare for me to have one of those sessions without the person being in tears <laughs> in a good way from the healing and, you know, just it really resonating for them. But yeah, I, I love to do that work. And I also feel compelled to help people understand that animals are people too, in a way, you know, they're in a different form, but they're just as important and significant to the world. And they have thoughts, feelings, and they have life purposes, they have things they're trying to learn as well. And it's important for us not to discount them or to think of them as kind of lesser or lower than humans. Yeah, that's amazing. I'm an animal lover myself. Uh, 100% never been a hunter, never will be. Um, and you know, when I look at my animals, we've lost three cats, uh, a dog, um, and then we got a new rescue dog that we got a couple of years ago. That, mm, and when they nice. look at you, I mean, they look in you and you look in your eyes and you look in their eyes and they're like trying to tell you something. It, you can see yeah. it in their eyes. Like they're trying to tell me something. Yeah. So yeah. How, how do you hear? How do you hear that? How do you? Without divulging any of your secrets, I mean, you and I are talking, we're speaking English, we're talking one-on-one. -on -one. So when you yeah. communicate with an animal, what do you hear, what do you feel? Yeah, so I use my psychic abilities. And by the way, dogs in particular are often very telepathic. Cats are usually very clairvoyant. Like you see cats and they're like darting around and looking at things and you're like, what are they seeing? They're definitely seeing stuff that, you know, isn't in the physical realm. Absolutely. So I use my abilities to communicate with animals um, and do animal mediumship. So I'm using, you know, my clairvoyance, my telepathy. So I will receive people's thoughts and intentions, including animals, through my own thoughts, just like we talked about earlier, how thoughts are, are complex. And uh, I encourage people to, especially with dogs, to try that, to try to send ideas, intentions, and images. Dogs are often very telepathic uh, and clairvoyant. Meaning that you can basically like if you want the dog to go over there or whatever, visualize that. And, you know, I, I also do training. So if this is something you want to learn, I do psychic training. This is something we can explore. I did this with one of my clients where she was trying to learn to work more with her dog. And she said, Laura is amazing. I did what you said. I pictured her going to get the ball and she went and got the ball and right after I did. It, I'm like, I know she got your message. It's amazing. That's brilliant. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, that is really amazing. That's crazy. Well, I, I agree. Animals are part of our families. They pick us. We pick them, but they also pick us. You know, and Absolutely. you become a family. You meld. With Charlie, the dog that we found out, we rescued my wife and I were laying in bed. It was shortly after we lost our third cat, and we didn't know if we wanted another animal in the house. And she's yeah. laying there. I'm half asleep, and she... I, I got woke up with a, my, her cell phone right in my face. This is our dog. <laughs> <laughs> <I knew. laughs> and by that afternoon we actually had the dog so <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that's I had another client where I said, I'm feeling this little dog and she's going to be a part of your life. And like, same thing. She searched online, found this dog. And like that night she had the dog. It was like amazing. (laughs) It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Is there anything that we've missed or do you think that's important for our listeners to know about um, maybe angels or what they can do for you and how they can benefit? I just think the message that we are way more powerful than we think we are. We've been taught by society that we're small and weak and powerless. And a lot of the messaging now, particularly with coronavirus, is very much about that. You're weak, you're vulnerable, there isn't much you can do but just kind of hide. <laughs> you know. And I just I just want everyone to know that we are strong, we are mighty, and even our size doesn't have to do with our capabilities. I mean, look, you know, what is more powerful, an atom bomb or like a regular bomb? An atom bomb, the smaller the thing, sometimes the more powerful the reaction for good or ill. So just keep that in mind, just because you're small in terms of the earth, like you can have a huge impact. And the more we ask for help, the more that we can do. So asking your angels and spirit guides for assistance is key. Like even being powerful, you know, we rarely do anything on our own. You know, we all can use help. And people sometimes ask me like, gosh, how do you do so much? Because, you know, I have seven books out, about to release two more. I host six podcasts. I travel all the time. I have clients. I'm, you know, I'm working on a musical EP. I have a lot of things that I'm doing. And I think sometimes people get a little overwhelmed by that. But I'm like, yeah, but you know what? I have a huge spiritual team. And I have literally eight humans on my team <laughs> that help me with things, right? I'm not doing this all by myself. And you don't have to either. You know, the more you get help, the more you can do, and that includes spiritually. So just keep asking for help. Outstanding. You just mentioned your books. I know <laughs> you've written several books about your experiences in your life. Um, how can somebody obtain one? Sure. So, yeah, there's uh, seven books that are on angels manifesting the supernatural realm, the psychic world. Those are all on Amazon under my author page there. Laura Powers are also available on my website, which is healingpowers.net. And then my next book is on podcasting. So if you ever wanted to start a podcast, grow your podcast, make money podcasting, that'll be my first non-spiritual book. I just am getting the message that a lot of people need help with how do they create a podcast and make a living from it. And then my book after that is on my work with animals. So animal communication, animal mediumship, animal spirit guides, and um, animal symbolism. If someone is interested in one of your services, with communication from the other side or connecting with spirit or help with angels, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Sure. So on my website, on the services page, so again, that's healingpowers.net. And you can book right there and then message me to schedule. So I, I'm a pay in advance and then we'll we'll work out the scheduling <laughs> first. So you go there first. If you have questions about it, that, you can reach out to me at bookings at laurapowers.net. And then I'm also on Instagram at laurapowers44. You can feel free to send me a DM there. And I'll have links to all of those things in the show notes and on my website, before you go, podcast.com. Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate everything that you've shared. And I've enjoyed our conversation. I, you've intrigued me to do more research. And you've actually, you've actually made me feel better about some of the things that I hear myself. Good. Well, thank you. It's been really my pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode of One More Thing Before You Go, a unique conversation about life. If you like our show and want to know more, check out our website at beforeyougopodcast.com. That's beforeyougopodcast.com. 
Tell your story, share your expertise, contribute to the blog, and subscribe to the newsletter. You can find us as well as subscribe to the program and rate us on your favorite podcast listening platform. And one more thing before you go, have a nice day, have a nice week, and thanks for listening. One More Thing Before You Go, a unique conversation about life podcast is a creation of One More Thing Productions, established 2010, all rights reserved.